Do what I feel? What do you mean, do what I feel? I, don't, I can't explain any more than that, John. Do what you feel. It's okay, really- well, we're already recording. <laughs> there you go. That's what I felt like doing. And right. welcome to the Underpaid Underqualified Podcast with your host, Ja and... Vince. And today, we, te- we clearly have our crap together. Yeah, usually we're not prepared, but if you think we're, we've previously not been prepared, you're in for a whole new world of not being prepared, because we really couldn't think of an idea for the life of us. At least I couldn't. It, it was more of a, we kind of thought about it last minute and figured, alright, let's do it. This week's gone by a lot faster than I expected. I didn't expect it to be Thursday, and then this morning I'm like, oh hey, it's Friday tomorrow, but that also means podcast tonight, and I have not thought of the podcast I don't know. We we got off track. You know what I mean? Can we, I be we, very honest with you? Well, sure. So initially, I was kind of seeing like last minute to hit you up about the podcast because I was trying to figure out whether or not to go to the Warriors game tonight. <laughs> and it turns out to be we canceled it like last night or this morning. And then when you messaged me, I was like, hey, perfect timing. <laughs> because so I like hit a, you up right after you figured out you couldn't cancel. Or No, no. The, the thing was canceled because um, it was an alumni basketball game. So like my alma mater was mm-hmm. going to be like featured or whatever at tonight's game, right? Ah. And Steph Curry's back first yeah, game. First game. So it's kind of like, oh, sweet, it's cool. Steph Curry's a good guy, but then um, the free shirts that we will have gone from our alma mater honestly it look like crap. It's, it looks like the kind of t-shirts that you wear to wash your car with, or mm-hmm. you use it as a rag to wash your car for. Uh, I'm surprised you would go to a Warriors game. Period. So the only reason is just because of the shirts. No, I, I was going to go to hang out with a buddy of mine, and also I kind of want to see the Chase Arena, because I heard the food there is good, too. Chase and, Center, by the uh, way. Chase Center. And so I was like, okay, cool, let's go check it out. But then And then if I got a shirt right, mm-hmm. I kind of really don't care about the Warriors, but the shirt looked so terrible. bland <laughs> and terrible that I didn't even want to gift it to anybody. I felt like it would have been insulting to gift it to anybody. Wow. And so, and also my friend, he didn't want to go and get the coronavirus, in like crowded places because he also lives with his grandma so he's like huh. trying to be more careful about it. Yeah, I guess that would be a more important case where you'd be on the lookout for it. Yeah, so... And there's two confirmed cases in SFS today. As of today. Yep. So... Breaking news. So, um... Yeah. I, I purposely put those on the back burner to try to play my options but then obviously I realized that we've really put this both on the back burner for both of us. You really nailed that sentence, Jeff. I don't... <laughs> No. <laughs> Almost as smooth as our intro. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, we got out of the habit. We were in a weekly rhythm before. I mean, this week's gone by pretty fast. I didn't I didn't think of the podcast at all. I mean, we do have one topic, which we're not going to reveal. And I think next week we can Ooh, do it's going to be a good topic. one. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. Can, we can definitely brainstorm and really hash out the deal. You, our listeners, our faithful seven to ten listeners, you guys are all in the street. Yeah, we're going to do something we've never done before. We're charting new territory next week. It's going to be unprecedented for us it's something we've never done for other podcasts they probably do it regularly but for us never been done exactly and with that said on to our topic this week which is nothing potpourri (laughs) potpourri i don't know what does potpourri really mean i don't know what it means at all (laughs) i don't know how it relates to the topic we had actually picked which is nothing we're gonna be shooting the shit we're just we have no topic prepared so we're just gonna i could be severely mistaken by the definition of potpourri so i'm gonna look it up all right. Potpourri. I didn't spell it right at all. And all right. Well, I'll banter while you're looking that up. So yeah, we uh, we were just thinking, oh, why don't we do a podcast where we just like improv the whole thing and just kind of go from the hip and uh, just talk about what's going on and see what happens. Uh, I think Jaw has a little bit more going on at the moment that he wants to talk about than me. Um, so potpourri actually means a mixture of dried petals and spices placed in a bowl or small sack of perfume, clothing, or a room. I thought it meant miscellaneous stuff. Dude, I am... English is technically not my first language, in my defense. That's your saving grace. When did you learn it, though? I don't know. I immigrated to America when I was two. Alright, that's too <laughs> long. You've had too long with English. You should be, that should not be excusable. Anyways. Alright, so... Recently, I saw a movie called Invisible Man, and it is one of the highly, most highly rated movies right now for Rotten Tomatoes. Um, like, even audience score critics... I'll love it, and I'm going to say, this movie has reinforced 
why I hate Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I actually have a fun fact about Rotten Tomatoes that might make you change your mind. Is it actually accurate to some degree, or like... No, I, was just, uh, I just learned today, I don't know if this is true necessarily, because I just read it on the internet, but the inspiration for uh, certain Rotten Tomatoes, you yes. know where it came from? Where did it come from? Jackie Chan. <laughs> okay. I don't know how I feel about him. Really? I thought you liked him. I mean, growing up as a kid, I loved him because I was like, martial arts is cool, Asian yeah. actor. But then, on a political level, because he's very pro-like communist China, and then for me, it's I'm not the biggest fan of oh, said yeah. government. Oh yeah, he is in the communist party. I'm looking it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, no, he's right extremely now. very, very like a strong proponent for them. Wow, so and he must be a Bernie bro. So, I genuinely don't know how I feel about him. Hmm. You know. I like to live in a world where we can look past politics sometimes. I'm going to try to look past it just because I love Jackie Chan, you know? I mean, that's fine. I mean, if you like him, you like him, whatever, right? Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. But at the same I, time, I'm just saying right right out, right off the bat, I just genuinely don't know how I feel about him. Yeah. This is why I try to be apolitical for the most part, because I feel like in my experiences, you can like really enjoy someone's company, have a great time with them, but the second it gets political, you guys can hate each other and become like sworn enemies, you know? And, um... That's one reason. The president, uh, presidential primaries. <laughs> sure, that's always fun. Not really, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like that's why I'm a big. I can I can relate anything back to Metallica, and I'm gonna do that in this moment because. Uh, oh dear lord. Huh. Oh dear lord, here we go again. <laughs> It'll be brief. Don't worry. Only a nice fifteen minutes. But um. All right, fours are yours. <laughs> no. Um. No, one thing I like about Metallica in particular is they really don't have any political songs. Because, you know, so many bands are just diehard with their political message. You know, like Rise Against, the, like one example, a very political band. A lot of punk bands, very political. You know, bands like U2, Coldplay, have very, they're mess. They, they, may not, they might not sing about politics, but they, like, use their popularity to promote certain political beliefs, you know? So, like, hashtag rock the vote. Yeah, that kind of shit. Um, well, I don't know. That's kind of different, isn't it? That's just like them and wanting people to vote. I'm talking about people who like say, like, specifically talk about certain issues in their politics, you know? And say, like, really kind of make it feel like like if you vote a certain way, you're not welcome at their shows. Have you ever felt that way? Oh, absolutely. Which is why sometimes it's like, I understand that politics... I mean, um, a lot of these celebrities, they want to use their platform to, pra to preach what they believe in, which is... They have absolutely every right to, mm -hmm. but then it does become a whole mob mentality when you don't agree with them. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And that's why, going back to the Metallica thing, that's why I like them so much, because the singer has always been adamant that he never wants to talk about politic politics in the music, and he never wants to like bring up politics at a show because he feels like that divides fans, and he just solely wants the focus of like Metallica fans to be on the music and just have that be the bonding kind of experience between everyone at a show and just like focusing on that and just like everybody's welcome to be a Metallica fan, that type of thing. And like, he really makes you feel welcome. Like it shows he's like, like he says like things to the crowd that really like establishes a sense of community and like says things like you're all the fifth member of Metallica, whether you like it or not, you know? So, um, I don't know. Just people who like are apolitical and look towards just bonding on random things. I really, uh, I dig it. Yeah, so that's the thing is that, like, purposely, I kind of don't know how I feel about it, like... About I that type of philosophy? Oh, no, I mean, just in general, about, like, celebrities really being very vocal about their beliefs, but at the same time having the fans, and, and maybe sometimes to some degree, even the artists themselves to be very critical about it towards their fans. Um, yeah. And so I feel like it... I do agree with a lot of it, is that it kind of does become difficult, and... Um, for example, I think it was Three Doors Down. Um, Did they the play at a Trump rally? Yeah, they played at a Trump rally. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm not a really big fan of them besides the song Kryptonite. They sang Kryptonite, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, so it's like, okay, my, like that and one other song, it's like, okay, cool, that's all I know about them. But then I do know a lot of people... You, baby. A lot of people were like super upset that they performed at but Trump you're rally. you're still with me. Do I know that song? <laughs> that's by them. Okay, yeah, so it's... I think they are Trump supporters? But they must be if they played his rally. But at the same time, it's like, well, they, to my knowledge, at least, let's say that like they've never really been vocal about their beliefs, but they just support Trump, right? So mm -hmm. from that point forward, like every Democratic person, mm -hmm. do you boycott them just because they support a president that you may not necessarily agree with? That's the thing. A lot of people do. And that's why, that's where I kind of click out a bit because I try to, I don't know, I try to like appreciate music 
and art for what it's worth. But obviously there's kind of a... It, it, the line's different for everybody, you know? I think the question is, when can you appreciate art without it being a reflection of your appreciation for the artist, you know? Like, I mean, I don't think you can listen to Bill Cosby comedy records anymore, you know? Okay, yeah, that's a little bit different since he kind of, uh... You know, well, he meant less of children, right? I mean, children as in, like, under 18, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that type of thing. So I think that's a case where I think... I think I, we're all in mutual agreement that he's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, to put it lightly. <laughs> um, but I think that's a case where, I, I, like, for the most part, I don't think people feel comfortable listening to his work anymore, you know? But, uh, like, a case like somebody just being a Trump supporter voting for Trump, I mean, to be honest, my parents both voted for Trump and are, like, kind of supportive of a lot of his policies, but they don't, like... You know, nobody thinks of themselves as, like, purposely just being a villain. Like, they actually genuinely think, like, things he's doing are good for the country, and they don't think... They kind of see... They have the converse opinion to a lot of the things that, you know, people in the Bay Area would say are, like, what he's doing is, you know, hurting the country. They have a lot of different perspectives that make them think that he's doing a lot of good for the country and changing things in a positive, productive way. You know, now they obviously don't like his personality so much, and just, you know they agree he's kind of a pompous asshole. They just like his policies, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. How did we get here, John? <laughs> Where are we going with this? Oh, I was going to rant about Invisible Man. All right. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Invisible Man with Trump. <laughs> we basically went on tangent from Ron Tomatoes to Jackie Chan to uh, music and Metallica. Okay, I think so- this episode should be the ADD podcast. We should just make. Every you just bring up one topic and see how far off we can get. <laughs> uh yeah okay so going off of that and so, go, I guess more like reeling it back at this point. Yeah yeah invisible um, man. Let's get back to that. Okay so, think of have have you seen uh Hollow Man? It came out in two thousand. We were like eight years old. No never Hollow Man. Yeah Hollow Man. I'm gonna so, look this up. All right you you right. describe it. Uh Invisible Man is basically based off the uh, story of like a person who's invisible. Like what can you do? Like to. Like, what are, like, kind of, like, the extremes of what somebody can do while being invisible, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you're, like, a kid, you'll probably think, oh, I'm going to go to the girl's locker room and, like, be a peeping Tom, right? Mm-hmm. Or, in this case, for Invisible Man, spoiler alert, what would a sociopath do if he can turn invisible? Mm-hmm. Hollow Man, I forgot what it was, but I believe it was basically the guy took advantage of being invisible and kind of just went batshit crazy. Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth Shue, Josh Brolin. Yeah, it's a pretty big cast. Yeah, and it came out back in uh, when we were... We lads. Yeah, um, eight, years, was, eight years old. And it was based off of, uh, I guess, a very popular book by H.G. Wells. Mm-hmm. And Invisible Man, I don't, I really don't understand why everybody thought it was such a good movie. <laughs> People were like, the acting was on point. The music was on point. The camera, everything, the plot was on point. And I just sat there like, I predicted everything that they were going to do, even to the lines. Wow. Hmm. Except maybe for, like, two scenes where I thought that was really done well. Hmm. Okay. And those were the violent scenes. <laughs> it was none of the plot, none of that. And people... And it was funny, because, like, my friend was, like... I heard her next to me. She was like, wait, what the heck? Why Why is he making that analogy? And then in my mind, I'm thinking, he's going to say these... This character's going to say these next few words. Mm-hmm. She pretty much said those next few words, and I'm like, alright, cool, so why am I still watching this movie? <laughs> And to the end, what I, the common consensus I've been hearing is that um, people hated the ending mm-hmm. because they felt like it was very anticlimactic. For me, I hated the ending because I felt like they wanted to end the movie on an empowering note. Hmm. So the premise of this movie was very... It's a sociopath who was dating this girl, right? And then the girl just couldn't take it anymore. So the beginning of the movie was her, her trying to get away from him. And this okay. guy's a tech billionaire. Really? Yeah, so, and he's in the leading field of optics. Is his name Adrian Griffin? Uh, Adrian, yes. Last name, I don't remember. Anyways. Okay. And so, if I didn't already warn you already, spoiler. <laughs> um, so. And uh, Elizabeth he, Moss is the chick. Yes. Uh, She's been in a lot of stuff lately, to the point where it's kind of annoying. I'm kind of I getting sick of her. Who she is. She was in Handmaid's Tale. She was in, did you see Us? The second Jordan Peele movie? No, I didn't see Us. I haven't seen Hemi's Tale, so that's why I don't know her. Ah, she had a small role in Us. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that was a better horror movie, I think. But anyways, going back to your topic. I heard better thing. I heard pretty good things about that. Anyways, um, and so she gets away, and it turns out that her Adrian Griffin um, yeah. kills himself. And so she's like, okay, I'm liberated, I'm free, mentally, right? Cool, yay. Mm-hmm. And... 
plot twist, he leaves her a large sum of money. Hmm. All right. And it turns out that he's actually haunting her as an invisible person, right? Hmm. And so... Is he still alive or he's just... He's still alive. So he's... So he didn't kill himself? He thought he did? Everyone thought he did? Everyone thought he did. So he basically stages murder, right? Okay. Or he's, he stages suicide. All right. And he, his brother's a lawyer, so it was easy to fake and doctor a lot of like these documents, death certificates, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so the movie was basically her freaking out, like, oh my gosh, there's somebody following me. I'm not going crazy. Somebody is legitimately uh, ruining my life. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the part where she gets sent to an insane asylum. And her bro- and it turns out, and she managed to escape. And it turns out that, oh, it was the brother all along that was manipulating her and making her go crazy. Hmm. And, and it was trying to show the that The brother's Adrian, still alive? Uh, I forgot the brother's name, but not Adrian. Well, is he still alive? No, he gets killed. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, he gets killed. And then so, and then it staged back to his brother was the mastermind behind everything. Okay, how did he, wait, so when he, how did he turn invisible? Where does that come in? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, So the way that he turned invisible was that he has a suit, right? And so even the way he turned invisible, I figured it out way before. (laughs) It was basically, um, uh, it's a concept of, using a ton of cameras mm-hmm. and to film the area behind it, right? And so you're projecting the area that you should be seeing. Okay. So it's to make the illusion that he was invisible. So um, he never really was. He just made an illusion of it? Yeah, so he just made an invisible suit with a ton of cameras that looks like a... a basically, like you're wearing a golf ball. Yeah. Like spandex golf ball. It sounds kind of like Spider-Man uh, Far From Home with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character Mysterio using a lot of effects. Yeah, it was basically like that. And then so... Well, I mean, honestly, the Jake Gyllenhaal thing cooler than <laughs> oh wait no <laughs> when uh was it her name is elizabeth moss yeah elizabeth moss elizabeth elizabeth moss when she um threw paint at the person right <laughs> at the uh invisible person that's always what does it it was a white it was white paint and then during that scene a friend, my friend sent me a post on reddit where like oh my gosh that scene was perfect because it was like it, it depicted the eeriness of being stalked and stuff and I'm like, all I remember was she threw paint at the suit. I thought it was a golf ball. And for some reason, there's a random loud screeching noise that made me pissed off during the movie. <laughs> wow. A high-pitched screeching. Hmm. For some, it was like one of those like jump scares hmm. where the music escalated, right? Okay. No, it was like a loud screeching noise. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was annoying. To the part and where it wasn't even scary, it was just like grating on the nerves? It, was gr- it wasn't even scary to me. It was just grating nerves. Like I was more scared of the high-pitchedness than the ah. actual... like. Oh my gosh, he's right there! Thing. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe it's like different for guys and girls. You know, girls like put themselves in that situation where I think guys, for the most part, we don't have to worry about stalkers as much. So, it can happen, yes, but I think generally, if you did a statistic, I think women are more often stalked than men. Would you agree with that? I mean, true, but then my friend who saw the movie, she was just like, oh, that's pretty whatever. Mm-hmm. No, she okay. was the one that was super excited, and afterwards, she was just like, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I paid at a discounted price. Yeah, I don't know. I. This is a movie I'm, I'm somewhat curious about because I am like as neutral as you can get. Like I, it's not that I don't want to see it, and it's not that I really want to see it. Like if I saw it on right now, like I think I would be like as objective as you could possibly be because I have no bias either way. It's like it, like this is a movie. If they never made it, I would be totally fine. But at the same time, the fact that they made it doesn't offend me. So I don't know. I'm kind of curious now that you mentioned this. All right, can I ruin the ending then? Sure. All right. So the ending. So during the movie, she goes back to uh, Adrian's house. All right. And she finds out there's a second suit. And she takes a suit and hides it in the house as she was being chased. Hmm. Um, later on towards the end, she confronts him. Okay. Uh, Adrian, because he survives, his brother's dead. And basically, he orchestrated this whole, like, basically put the blame on his brother. Uh, so Adrian, they get dinner, and she ends up putting on the suit and kills him to make it look like a suicide. Oh, okay. Um, and so, to me, I... A lot of people felt like it was very anticlimactic. I think I hated the ending because Adrian was portrayed as this billionaire genius sociopath that just knew how to manipulate people, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like thinking, wait, he saw her walk in to the uh, closet. He may not have seen the suit, but at least like he should have been aware that his suit is missing. And he should probably, like, figure out, oh, okay, she might have it. Somebody else might have it. I'm not exactly safe. Mm-hmm. And he was basically killed through suicide with her his own tech. And so I just felt like, 
you've built up this character who's a genius, who's a mastermind, who played everybody, who manipulated his own brother to his bidding. Mm-hmm. And that's how he goes out? Hmm. Yeah. All right. So anticlimactic ending. Not that. It was, I think people are anticlimactic in the sense of like, oh, wait, that's how he goes out. It wasn't like a bigger shebang. Hmm. For me, it was like, he goes out because of a fluke. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that that ending kind of seems to go along with the rest of the movie where you're just, like, so not, like, over-the-top yeah. exciting. And at the end, you just see uh, Elizabeth Moss's character who's just, like, like, just, I don't know what to do anymore. Defeated and such. Mm. And then you see, and then he goes to her in a way of, like, trying to get her him to confess or kill him at yeah. the end of the day. But, and then you build this enemy. You build up this antagonist that's, like, near impossible. And he, it's kind of like an, um... One of the reasons why I hate some Marvel movies where, oh, we're getting our butts kicked. Oh, wait, I have this final move that I'm going to pull out of my ass and we're going to win. And that's what it felt like. And it just felt like bad writing. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I feel like I should see this now and then next week we can compare. <laughs> Watch you like absolutely love it and think that I'm just full of crap. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I feel like we don't have a consistent pattern. Like some movies we agree on, like Star Wars we agreed on. Um... Some other movies I can't think of we probably agreed on. <laughs> we didn't agree on It Chapter 2. Avengers Endgame, I think we mostly agreed. I mean, I was, There's yeah. only one thing we didn't agree on. <laughs> Avengers Infinity War? No, no, I mean, in that movie, the, there's only one part we didn't agree on so much. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, probably the, sure. The final fight you wanted yeah. to go longer? Yeah, that was about it. Um, I don't know. I could, I could see myself thinking it's overrated. I think a lot of stuff's overrated. And if the ending isn't, like, doesn't really nail it, then I'll totally call that out. That's one thing that, like, if the endings kind of suck, I always call that out. Like, specifically, have you ever seen a movie, uh, this is going way back, uh, American Werewolf in London? I've seen, uh, Interview with a Vampire. If it's, is it similar to that, or no? <laughs> I've never seen Interview with the Vampire. Oh, actually, wait, is that the Brad Pitt one? Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, and nothing, Tom Cruise. No, nothing at all like that. Oh, okay, never mind. No, this Moving is, uh, this, I mean, this looked like a really cool movie. You should look it up. An American Werewolf in London. It's I've like heard about it, yeah. 1980. It's basically is like exactly what you would think. Like, a dude like and his friend go to London, and then one night they're in this like really creepy, like, uh, you know, London town, and then... They aren't where they're supposed to be, and then one dude gets bit by a werewolf, and then the other friend dies, and then now this guy's a werewolf, but dude, this movie, it's so interesting to me, I've never had this with a movie, where the first half is so goddamn promising, I, maybe not first half, like first quarter of it is so goddamn promising, and you think, goddamn, this is gonna be a classic movie, it looks so good, it's so well done, and then... What it feels like is, can you imagine, like, have you ever worked on a project that you're feeling really stoked about, like, in school or anything, and you're feeling really good about, and then you just kind of miscalculate time and realize that you have about, like, a quarter of the time you imagine left, like, say you have a day, like, you think you have the whole week, and it turns out it's actually due the next day, and you just cram the ending? That's exactly what this movie felt Sounds like. Sounds like my life. <laughs> Feel, like, I don't know, it just felt like the, the ending was so just, like generic nothing special to it and they just rushed everything like the less time that you had in the movie the more they were rushing things and then the ending was just very what the fuck and some people it's very interesting because some people were on board with it like critics uh, in terms of like critical reviews and then some people straight up called out the same thing that i mentioned that the ending just felt super rushed and super just bland and like they didn't have any soul but the beginning of it was so promising but um yeah i don't know that's one example that kind of reminds me of this movie well uh, at the end of the day i only the more I watch movies, the more I just think I trust critics less and less. <laughs> um, and it makes me wonder. I read some of these reviews from people, and at the bottom it says, I went to film school, and I did all this other stuff, so I know what I'm talking about. And I'm just sitting there like, I mean, we could probably argue, and then we'll see who wins. Like, I kind of want to see. You know what? All right. New idea once we become rich and famous. I mean, when we become rich and famous. <laughs> we wow, host optimistic job. No, we host some film critics, right? Sure. On Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, and we just go on a debate. Yeah. On what, what, uh, if we like a movie or not? So we find a person who would like have our polar uh, opinion, polar mm-hmm. opposite opinion of yeah. a movie, mm-hmm. and just go at it. Wow. Yeah, that'd be an interesting idea. I feel like my thing with and de- then I probably threaten to murder. <laughs> my thing with debates is like I've noticed in every debate like. For me, like, I'll start, I'll try to start off diplomatically, and then, like, it just gets to a certain point where I feel like ultimately, 
like the ultimate conclusion that can be drawn, at least in my mind, in any debate, is just it's all opinion. It's like there really is no right or wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just like it, like I've done debates for like weeks on end, going over the same thing, and ultimately it just comes to a point where I realize that it's just there is really no right or. And I know this sounds stupidly obvious because obviously critical opinions are opinions. So I don't know. It just. I don't know. I feel like I, with the debate thing, I feel like there's no way to solve it for me. But that is an interesting idea. Don't you ever feel like sometimes somebody is fundamentally wrong and you want to just call them out on it? Uh, yeah, well, I guess it depends on the reason. I don't know. It Like, one example. <laughs> I might be thinking of uh, a per- recent personal experience lately, but uh, <laughs> me and my brother actually uh, got in a uh, like, week-long debate about a certain movie you might be familiar with. Oh my gosh, you told... Oh, Wonder Woman, right? No. You know how me and my brother get in these, like, movie debates? So, we've had two so far, and then we just recently had our, like, third epic blowout that makes, like, the other two look like nothing. <laughs> what was it? It was over It Chapter 2. <laughs> oh, what did he say? Did he agree with me, or did he, like, agree with you? He just part? didn't like it because he, uh, thought the ending... He didn't like the fact that they called him na- the clown names to, like, downsize them type of thing. Like, he just thought it didn't make sense, and then... I would say, my basic opinion was, like... The direct the writers were basically having that be like a metaphor for like just like your fears get downsized and like you can overcome them when you like take control of them and like don't feed into them. So the whole reason that it was powerful is because he fed off their fear. So the first time that they weren't afraid of him and they like rose up to him and took dominance of the situation and like showed that they weren't afraid of him, that's when he kept shrinking. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what it was a metaphor for. And he just like objectively doesn't think that's the case. And it. <laughs> Another fucking thing. So he just wasn't on board for the fact that this clown could, like, shrink by that. So an alien clown coming from another planet that terrorizes people, totally on board with. The idea that he could possibly shrink due to, like, insults and not being afraid of him, he couldn't, like, be on board with. So that was just, like, in a case like that, that's just, like, his personal opinion. But he thinks it's so, like, like... He stands by that so strongly. He thinks it's fact, and he thinks he's objectively right that it's a bad movie. I don't know. Shit like that. That's Wow, I'd probably agree with you and disagree with your brother. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah. Because, I mean, the point of it is the concept of fear. Yeah, exactly. The alien part is the stupid part. Yeah, exactly. But then again, it's Stephen King, and sometimes his stuff don't really make sense. Oh, we're... It rarely yeah. makes sense. He was on drugs during a lot of the writing of his books, I remember hearing. That makes me genuinely concerned about... A lot of his work. Let's see what I have right here. But hey, Stephen King, The Shining. Oh, you really like that movie, oh, don't you? <laughs> I haven't read it at all, but I'm curious to. Because I've heard the book, The Shining, is different than uh, the movie. For our viewers who uh, can't see that, it's uh, I'm holding a copy of The Shining by Stephen King. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, his books and movies tend to be very be different. Um, but anyways. Yeah, so, at the end of the day, no, I think critics are just wrong most of the time. What's a movie where you agree with critical opinion? Any of them? Was okay. there, like, a movie you really liked that had, like, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes? Okay, we're gonna go down Rotten Tomatoes now. <laughs> Dude, you got me off guard. I don't know. <laughs> but no, it's like, the more I read reviews, like, at first I thought, oh, okay, you know what? Um, audience reviews on Google Review was good. And I started reading some more, and I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody's <laughs> just, just wrong. Like, I've realized that the common man, as I am sitting on my high tower of pompousness, <laughs> um, I like that. They're wrong. Saw the Hedgehog got a good rating. That made me happy. I was stoked because I was I felt bad for that movie. You know the fact that that director tried so hard to like make fans happy, but like redid everything. I was hoping it would still get like decent enough reviews. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to go through right now of some movies. I don't know. Uh, if anything does pop up, I'll let you know. I think that should be another topic. We just think of critic reviews. Wow, Bird got a really good uh, rating. Yeah, I heard that, but. Apparently, uh, box office wise, it uh, did pretty bad. Yeah, I don't know why it did so bad. I think it's because, like they said, the marketing. I mean, at least for me, that's a movie that just came the fuck out of nowhere. Like I had no idea they were making a Harley Quinn movie, and calling it Birds of Prey probably didn't help the people even less knowledgeable than me who don't even know who Harley Quinn is. You know, that's what people are saying. That like the title itself was probably a really dumb call to like name like the uh, fantastical whatever Harley Quinn's liberation something something whatever. Or just Birds of Prey. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> what people said. They dumb. should have just picked, like, Birds of Prey or something like that. Just one title instead of this really long-ass title. Or maybe, like, 
Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. Something yeah, exactly. More Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. Something like that. Yeah, so when people... Like, I remember when the movie came out and I saw the title, I'm like, I'm just going to call this a Harley Quinn movie or the Birds of Prey movie. I'm not going to call it anything else. <laughs> I'm so... Yeah. I'm stoked for the new Suicide Squad movie. Because Space. of, uh... What's-his-face is on it? James Gunn? James Gunn. <laughs> Dude's a little weird. Uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say stoked. Maybe I should say just curious. I don't know. It's got me very intrigued. You know, that cast is... Cautiously very... excited. Yeah, cautiously optimistic. I don't know. Oh, that's a better word, I guess. I think I'm just more curious. I'm just... Because, I don't know, the last one... You, did you see the last... Or the first Suicide Squad? It was one of those things where it had a decent star in there for some reason. The ending kind of just blew up and, and imploded. Yeah, That's it kind of just, you know what it just kind of reminded me of? It felt like frosting. <laughs> it just felt like there was no depth to it. It was just like they gave like total fan service and like, not fan service per se, but just like easy, low-hanging fruit type of things. Like, here's this other cool character. Here's this other flashy cool character. Here's this other flashy cool character. Now let's put a popular song from the last 20 years every two minutes in a somewhat kind of cool scene, you know? I think they're trying to do imitate Guardians of the Galaxy in a way because Guardians of the Galaxy had this whole soundtrack thing and everybody really fell in love with, and so Suicide Squad kind of portrayed that it's like oh this ragtag team of group of people yeah let's see what we can do with them yeah and I think Guardians of the Galaxy had everything going for it that Suicide Squad didn't in that Guardians of the Galaxy I think was funnier had more memorable lines I think the characters are more interesting it didn't jam-pack you with as many characters and the film just had a stronger identity you know what i mean like you felt like that universe was a more cohesive thing it kind of reminded me of like the closest thing to a modern day modern day star wars <laughs> including modern star wars <laughs> i mean they probably shouldn't have freaking joker and then have him write damage on his forehead yeah it's funny jared leto was like killing it right up until then i feel like his career has kind of been peter day pittering out since you know yeah, and he's really upset about it. Like, he's still, like, with the whole um, Joaquin Phoenix getting all the attention for Joker. Yeah. He's, like, massively butthurt about his portrayal and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's supposed to be Morbius in that new Marvel movie. Did you hear about that? Oh, shit, I forgot about. I forgot who got casted, but I could see him being that. I could, but I don't know. Something Bigger like Jared Leto, I just, I can't get excited for that movie. One, I've never been, like, a big Dracula person and i know it's not technically dracula it's like a dracula like creature but one i've never really gotten it technically is a dracula in the marvel universe i mean is it morbius or no. a different one? Oh. separate entirely yeah. separate but he's like dracula-esque you know what i mean his whole thing like pale skin like well, as far as people know yeah yeah so i don't one i don't really like that stuff too that's something about jared leto's face he just it just has a very punchable face he just i don't know is it kind of like he comes off kind of like a douche face yeah, he's just too pretty in a weird way. <laughs> like it just wow, that's weird. He, no, you know what I mean. Like some guys just got the, like his features. You know what I mean. He has like female features. You know what I'm saying. His eyes, his cheekbones are very like. It looks like he's trying to. It just I don't know. I mean, you had me at he has a very punchable <laughs> face, but <laughs> not the same reason. Yeah, you know some guys have like like, just his eyes are like he has like model esque features for like a male model, and he looks very feminine with his features. You don't think so? And no. the fact that he has long hair doesn't help. <laughs> I just think that he's kind of a, what you call it, he just has a face kind of like a douchebag. That's it. <laughs> Douchebag's a little general. That could apply to a lot of different types, you know? He well, just, something about him, I don't know, it's weird. And I, I'm i not illustrating my point very eloquently. <laughs> I really just sound like a bully who's just hating on this dude, but uh, I don't know. He's got a lot of money. I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure our, our podcast is going to hurt his feelings a lot. Yeah, he's, I'm sure he's one of those 10 viewers we got now. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. Are you excited for that movie, Morbius? I'm a little bit superhero... I have superhero fatigue right now, where it's like I'm a little tired of all the superhero movies, and and I guess it kind of does suck seeing some of my favorite heroes don't get the spotlight anymore because the studio's really screwed up. So, for example, Batman... I understand that Batman is going to get his movie soon with Robert Pattinson, so we'll see. Jerry's out on the one. Batman. Yeah. And then, like, other heroes that I like a lot is, like, The Flash. And He's getting projects. his movie, too. We don't know what's going on with that. No, it's confirmed. It's conf- I mean, it's confirmed, but we just don't know the timeline because he was yeah. slated for other projects that he's... Uh, the, 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 the Harry Potter spinoff. Wasn't the guy who directed It actually supposed to do any machete? I don't know, dude. Um, What is it with a lot of horror directors doing DC movies? Like the guy... Like James that, Wan? Yeah, James Wan, and then uh, the guy that did Shazam, he also did another horror movie called Lights Out. 
Yeah, that's why. I don't know if you noticed, but Shazam kind of has DC, them. DC's getting their horror movie directors to try to tell Zack Snyder to build that dark universe. I don't know. Yeah, that's funny, because this all ties back, because uh, Invisible Man apparently was supposed to be in that dark universe, and it was supposed to have Johnny Depp in it, but uh, then when that started tanking and bombing, they uh, stepped away from that, and that's why this movie isn't like connected with that. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I just read that on Wikipedia when you were talking about Invisible Man. Oh. <laughs> so I learned all this while you were talking. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so... Alright, guys, I do not recommend Invisible Man. If you want to watch something that's predictable, by all means. I'm not a fan of it. It ever, was not worth me paying money for. Do you ever have the opposite where, like, fans all like something, but... Like, usually, you know the internet's a very judgmental place, YouTube comment section, any Facebook, Instagram comment section, it's, it's very, it can be a very toxic place, you know? Yeah. And for the most part, people hate on things that I feel like I generally like, and uh, it's kind of a surprise sometimes when you see the opposite, where you aren't feeling something, but everyone's like, oh, I fucking love this, this is cool. Do you ever have that so much? Isn't that Invisible Man right now? Well, I guess it is fans and critics, or everything... Not critics, per se, just fans. So, like, a lot of fans like something, but you're just not vibing on it. Not critics, per se. K-pop? <laughs> really? Yeah, I guess. I don't care for I it. I guess, like, maybe, like, a band. I just don't understand why it's been so a, popular. Or what about a band? Like, a band puts out a new album that you're just kind of disappointed with, but everybody likes it. Mainstream music, in general? I mean, uh, not specifically now, that case, but, like... Like, a Blink-182 album, some 41, Yellow Card, I don't know, all those bands you like... <laughs> I don't know. I never really keep track of other people's opinions. I just know that the music I listen to is uncommon. Yeah, I'll so admit. I kind of delve into the YouTube comments more than I should. Sometimes they're kind of funny. YouTube comments have really become like a goldmine of humor. Oh my gosh. Oh, there's probably one song where I really liked and people hated. There's that. Friday, Rebecca Black. Oh, it's something else. I forgot. Oh, the Linkin Park album. The last one. Where, one more, um, one more Light? The, the new... Shoot, is it... Is that the album name? Yeah, I think that's the album name. No, but um, audience hated. I remember like when it first came out, and then people hated it. They hated the songs and stuff like that. And then when Chester committed suicide, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, that was a suicide note to us." And I'm sitting there like, "Where have you been the last like since they were a band?" Yeah, their lyrics were always pretty negative. <laughs> yeah, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, you're a big fan. You must have realized that, right?" And I'm sitting there like, no, seriously, where have you been the last, like, ten years? That's one thing. That's, I mean, with that, like, people looking back on that last album, I still think it's fair to say it's not a good album. Like, in an opinion sense, like, the fact that he was going through, like, some dark stuff and, like, it's very unfortunate, obviously, that he did, you know, feel that way and, like, ultimately did what he did. Like, super tragic and sad. But at the same time, you shouldn't, like... Out of guilt, think, oh, I like that album now because he did that. Like, you can still, like, call a spade a spade and say, I really didn't dig that album, which... I did I the album when it came out. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you did like it. Okay. I really did like it before, like, everything happened. Yeah, you were, you're a huge Linkin Park fan, so yeah. I feel like you connect with, like, you see the bigger picture of what they're doing, like, click with yeah their styles. And so, like, when people started riding on that bandwagon, I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, like, I mean, I actually flew down, went to the Memorial Concert and all that stuff like that. And then other people were kind of jumping on the bandwagon, like, oh, my gosh, I love Linkin Park. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure 99% of you, if I were to say Linkin Park, your response was, they're still alive? You've listened to them? <laughs> yeah, that's the response half the time I would hear anyone bring up Linkin Park, like, after Meteor. Meteor was the last album where people were on board and they were, like, considered the cool new thing. But uh, ever since uh, Minutes to Midnight, was that the album? Yeah, that's the uh, album that came out. Yeah, ever since they did What I've Done, that was like, from then on, every single album was hated on for a different reason. A lot of people actually liked What I've Done. And looking back on it, I think it was very divisive, though. Like, a lot of people were really not vibing on it. it I liked it. Looking back, it's not that different from their other stuff, but, like, at the time, like, they were, like, I feel like the first two albums were pretty cohesive. They more or less had the exact same style, but... Any small departure from that was way more noticeable. So Yeah, people really hate it. So, like, for them, they're, they're quote-unquote artists. And so they feel like, well, we want to experiment with different things. And when they experiment, everyone's like, go back to the old stuff. And it's like, well, I don't want to go back to the old stuff because I want to try different things. Yeah, it's very case-by-case basis. You know, it depends on the band. Like, I think there have been cases where bands experiment and it turns out to be one of the best things. And then there's cases where 
bands just have the same sound the whole time and people hate on them because they're not evolving, you know? Like, fans will ultimately never be happy, but there's some decisions, I think, in history that have been more successful than others, you know? Like, like Green Day is another example where I think people always want them to sound like they did back in the day. <coughs> and I think, like, their last album with Bang Bang... Yes. Like, I think that was pretty close. Uh, that was called Revolution Radio or something like that. Yeah, Revolution Radio. I think yeah. that was relatively close to how they sounded in the old days, you know? Like, in the most modern way, I guess you could say. So what's funny is that, like... So I, I was doing karaoke a few weeks ago, and there was a... Somebody picked a Green Day song that I wasn't familiar with. But I was able to kind of, like, pick it up because... Like, I understood where Billy Joel Armstrong, like, how he sings and stuff with his, like, other songs. Yeah. So I was able to keep up with it. And I was you like... Just, you know the formula? Yeah, and I was like, I'm pretty proud of this right now, you know? Do you know what song it was? It had a lot of boobs. <laughs> I remember right. the music video had a lot of naked women. <laughs> Jesus of Suburbia? That has a lot of naked women? I don't know. It's ten minutes. There's got to be a boob in there somewhere. No, it's not that, it's not that song. <laughs> Um, um, so yeah, so, all I know is that Ron Tomatoes is wrong, I hate everybody. <laughs> it's funny, because, like, I think one of the co-founders of Ron Tomatoes is Asian. Is he? Yeah. Well, that makes sense if you got, if you started Ron Tomatoes, like, being inspired by Jackie Chan, which apparently is, I don't know how somebody starts Ron Tomatoes based on Jackie Chan, but that's what I heard today. I don't fully understand nor comprehend that, so I'm going to leave it at that and say I'm going to claim ignorant. Yeah, the depth of my research about that is uh, constrained to a, um, a headline meme <laughs> found on Instagram. That's more of my bibliography, Instagram.com. <laughs> Hashtag we're a valid news source. Follow us. Please. <laughs> Follow us and don't listen to what we say oh for the gosh. most accurate information. Take everything we say with a grain of salt, unless I say that Ron Tomatoes is wrong. That's 100% accurate <laughs> at this point. Yeah. What other movies? You see, you saw Parasite, right? Yes. My I friend, think we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Briefly. That was that was an episode, like, 15 episodes ago, I think. But, um, yeah, I think that has 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. My friend <laughs> gave it a C+. Plus. So, when I first watched it, I felt, okay, Parasite, I thought it was pretty cool. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. I enjoyed it well enough. And it got nominated for, like, Best Picture, and, and I thought... Won. And it, and it won Best Picture. Yeah. And I was just sitting there thinking, it wasn't that good. No. Oh, okay. I, in my opinion, I didn't think it was I'm that surprised. Good. I thought you would say, because you seem to really like it, from what I remember. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, going yeah. in blind and not know what the heck I was getting myself into, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I felt like it was not Best Picture. What would you have picked? 1917? Uh, Joker. Really? Dude, oh, that's how Joker. I felt about Joker. I so was not, like... In love with you. Like, it was okay, but I just... I thought it was so overrated. People... Anytime someone says it's deep or they, like, they got this, like, extremely important message from it, I'm just like, really? Is, is this message, like, something we haven't heard before? Society can make you a fucked up person. Like, anyone could have guessed that. Like, I kind of... Like, anytime... When they first announced the Joker movie... The thing is that I feel like a lot of people are saying that there's no way that somebody... The way I viewed it was there's no way that somebody can become like this. Even how bad everything is how bad their life is. You thought the message was no, there's no way somebody can become like this? No, no. I think the message is is that it is what you just said where... Society can make you a fucked up person? Well, I think it go, It tries to go back to the Batman mo- uh, Batman story of one bad day. Yeah. Of all it takes is the right day to make you this. Oh, that was a line they used in Daredevil. Punisher and... Uh, the Punisher and Daredevil. He had... Uh, Daredevil or Daredevil is tied up by the Punisher and he said the only difference between you and me is one bad day <laughs> yeah but then um, the killing joke was Daredevil did this better I think that's what we're trying to say no the <laughs> Daredevil original comic, is better than bad the original day. comic of killing joke was one bad day oh really yeah damn so that was the original source where it came from and so that's why I think they're trying to prove but instead of one bad day it was like one bad week cause it's easier to talk about one bad week than one bad day but um anyways yeah i don't know i just felt like <clears throat> and i feel like yeah no i think somebody can be pushed and i feel like society themselves is sheltered in thinking no way can somebody become like that but that's the thing is that like no there are some people that when push comes to shove in a perfect storm they can be like that and that's the scary part is that the human potential of that i get that message and that's fine and like the message itself is fine but sometimes i felt like when the portrayal of that message, sometimes there's details that take you out of the movie that kind of lessen the impact of that message because the details of the movie 
don't seem like a story that could like plausibly happen. Like with Joker, there were two things to me that seemed kind of like like far reaching that kind of took me out of it. Like one when he was on the train, and he was like doing his one of his one of his laughing fits where he's like in pain but can't stop laughing, mm-hmm. and then like these like pretty boy like Ivy League grad like looking people like all just randomly see him laughing and decide to, like, kick the shit out of him. Like, dude, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Maybe I lived in a shelter neighborhood, but I don't think that would ever happen. Just, like, people, like, these well-groomed, nice people just see someone laughing so they beat him up for no reason. Like, at least, like, just the people that would harass him, it just seems so implausible. Like, that would never happen. So, like, funny thing, actually, which is... You got beat up by Ivy League students? No, it's going to bring up to the next topic I wanted to talk about. Oh, that's funny. Well, I got one other critique on Joker real quick, but, um... So, the other critique was, like, the fact, like, his big, the big climax of the movie when he, is when he's on, like, the Johnny Carson show, basically, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, Robert De Niro as the host. Like, it just seems so, like, one in a million, it's like a one in a million chance you would see, like, in the movie Rocky, where he got selected to fight Apollo Greed, and this is the same kind of, like, one in a million chance where his comedy tape just happens to be seen by Robert De Niro, and Robert De Niro makes fun of him, and then is like, hey, I'll have you as a guest on my show. It just seems like, that's... Have you seen Ellen? That's like half of Ellen's show. Oh, hey, your video went viral. I want you on my show. That is literally... The society literally does that on a daily basis for you. This was like the 80s, though. Or, no, wasn't it 70s? Like, that's today, Uh, yes. It was portrayed, I think, more for, like, the 80s. That was... Early 80s, I think. Yeah, something like that. But that's today. We live in a very, like, it goes viral, it catches on quick. One, it wasn't like that in the 80s. Two, it just, like... It's... It's just, yeah, that's, that's not something that happened as frequently back then, and it just, it's, it's a one in a million chance for, like, that time back then. For now, like, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, picky on that one. Not really. That shit didn't happen in the 80s. Like, it's, like, you never hear about, oh, there was this viral video in the 80s, and now this guest star is gonna be on Johnny Carson. Like, it was, like, they were way more selective. Like, back in the day, if you were on Johnny Carson, that was, like, your career was made. Now, like, any, like, small comedian or, like, one dude in a minor role in a movie can be on Johnny Carson, but, like, I'm saying, like, late-night talk shows, that was a big deal. Like, that was, like, a career maker back in the day. So, it just it just wasn't accurate to the time, I don't think, for that. So, my uh, opinion. So. All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, the thing I was going to bring up is, like, Harvard elite, like, Wall Street boys coming up and beating up a guy. The thing is that right now, you know, with the whole coronavirus, COVID-19, <laughs> right? Yeah. A lot of Asian people are getting bullied, picked on, and beat up. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so, for example... In Philadelphia, an Asian couple, they literally, there's a video of them getting beat up by a ton of, I think they're kids or people in Philadelphia on the train, on subway. Really? Literally, like, they surrounded them and started kicking and punching them. Hmm. And so, when you say that, no way that, like, okay, in a specific example of Harvard, Wall Street type people being up with a single guy. But the thing is that right now, we do have people recording and people mobbing and beating up people. We have that right now. And that is likely. Well, I would have to see the video to, like, fully assess this, too. I'm not saying it can never happen. It just seems unlikely. Like, Drew, like, unlikely things can't happen in reality. But sometimes when you see him on movie where unlikely events happen and that's supposed to be, like, the foundation premise of the movie, it's kind of hard to get on board with it. If it's, like, if you're kind of watching and thinking, I mean, this could happen, but it's kind of unlikely, you know? I don't know. So that's just... I just think didn't think the, the, uh, the storytelling of Joker was, like... It, like, relied on a lot of those, like... Like, eh, could this have happened? I guess it could, but it doesn't it doesn't seem likely, so that kind of took me out of it. So, I thought Joker was overrated. Oh, dang. Instagram removed the video. Really? Yeah, I guess it was too violent. Eesh. But, um... Yeah, they removed it. I think we can agree 1917 should have won, right? <laughs> As two people who haven't seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I liked it. I enjoyed another it. Goddamn, well, I felt... Another goddamn movie Jad didn't invite me I think to. I did invite you to that one. <laughs> and you were like, no, it's too far. But then, um... <laughs> No, I felt like Joker was well done is because it just portrayed the ugly side of society that it can be in the potential. That's every movie. other movie. Society's but evil, the thing society's is that, bad, blah, 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 society. No, this is, okay, this, everyone <laughs> always says like, oh my gosh, this movie is dark. Yeah. And for me, every time when I watch a movie that people say dark, I'm like, oh, it's pretty happy. Like, it was never that dark for me. And for me, Joker was the first movie where I felt like, people were like, oh my gosh, that was so dark. And I'm like, finally we're scratching the surface. <laughs> that was for me. Yeah, I can and see it so, being dark, but I don't know. Which is why I think it's well done in the sense of like, oh, this is this is finally a movie that really portrays what society can be at its worst. 
that's why I like it so much. I think that's what it was going for, but whether or not it impacts you is a subjective thing. For me, it just didn't impact me as much, personally. But, all good that you dug it. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm Thank happy you, you enjoyed it. I guess. I don't know. What's a dark movie? Let's think. What, so, when you say Scratching the Surface, what's, like, would you say that's the closest to, like, a movie that kind of captures the darkness that kind of interests you? Yes. Really? Yes. There's not one other movie? I'm trying to think of one other movie. I'm trying to think, too. We're at an impasse. <laughs> We've been stumped. We can't think of a dark... This should be right up our alley. We like we talk about dark... Sounds of, oh, uh, Hannibal stuff. Eh, it is dark. I mean, I guess, well, there's levels of darkness. Because there's dark, like, scary, over-the-top horror movies. And then there's dark that hits you because it's real. You know what I mean? Like, that shit could totally happen. Midsommar, Midsommar and um, Hereditary. Yeah, well... Because a lot of that is based on cults, and the thing is that with humans, it's very easy for them to uh, believe something if they want to hear it, right? Mm -hmm. It says what they want to hear. Yeah. Or, like, to grant them what they ultimately want. And so, like, with those two as, like, kind of cults, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm over-over-generalizing them. So, th for me, is that those two movies, I feel like, are also another portrayal of, like, oh, wow, that was actually relatively dark. Yeah. Um... And basically just how society, if they're fixated on their on their agenda, mm -hmm. that's what could happen. Okay. So I think those are pretty dark. Yeah. So I think what else? But Hannibal stuff, we got we got it. Maybe Basic Instinct? <laughs> basic Instinct. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> well, I watched it when I was relatively young, so. Well, also, you know, okay. So this isn't... I have one example in mind. And it happens to be another Stephen King thing. But, um... This isn't dark in the sense that it could happen by any means, unless I'm just missing out on where this would happen. But have you ever heard a movie called uh, Storm of the Century? No. Okay, so it's dark if you put yourself in this position in terms of like the family aspect, but it's based on a fictional thing. So what basically happens is, it's imagine like a small island, remote island type of place that's kind of secluded from everywhere else. You know, maybe like a treasure island type of community. You know. Mm -hmm. and um, basically it's a very tight-knit kind of quiet community and then this like older disturbing kind of guy comes across and uh, is kind of doing some magical things that are making people uncomfortable he has a creepy vibe to him and he's like he's really making the people of the small town uncomfortable with what he's doing just like a lot of supernatural things and he basically gives him an ultimatum at one point and tells the people of the island he's like alright look I'm like this like demon creature and I know a lot of like kind of like like evil things that evil type of magic but the problem is I'm gonna die in a hundred years and I need to like carry on my magic to someone else so you guys can give me your like one of your children and I'll raise him or her to be my like apprentice who will carry on my things or I'll kill you all so he basically leaves it up to them and so all the people all the parents that have children they all kind of like have a meeting they're like oh what do we do and basically, there's, like, ten kids that are available, and then, like, nine out of ten of the parents are, like, all right, we gotta agree. We, like, if we just give them one, like, that means only one person goes away, not the whole island dies. And then the main character um, is basically the only person who's the, a father figure um, to his kid named Ralphie. He's the only person who's, like, fuck this, we need a, if we all join together and fight, we can overpower him type of thing. And he's being outvoted, even by his wife. His wife is, like, agreeing with this thing, and he feels super betrayed. And then the demon guy comes back, and then he, because most of the people agree to it, he does this thing where he picks it random. And, of course, it happens to be the guy who was going against it. That's who Sun gets picked. And then the wife is now realizing what a mistake she made. So then the magic guy takes... she is. <laughs> yeah, for real. And then the magic guy takes the kid away, and it's like a very sad, dramatic moment. And then, obviously, the guy leaves the island because he doesn't want to be there anymore, and he gets divorced from his wife, and then he moves on from it. And he, like, moves to San Francisco, actually... And he's kind of narrating what's happened since that event. And then you see him, like, just walking around. And then he sees, um, what you call it? He sees what looks like a, like, middle school kid. Because this is, like, five or ten years later. He sees what looks like, I don't know, like a high school or a teenager kind of kid with an older guy. And then he, like, realizes, oh, shit, that's my son. So then he runs up to him and he keeps trying to catch up to him. And then he yells out his name. He's like, Ralphie! And then Ralph, the, both the old man and the son turn around. And then the, they both kind of, like, are giving him the evil eye. And then the son 
like bears his fangs because now he's like learned what this old guy's taught him and then this, the dad just looks devastated and like horrified and then the two just like disappear and then that's how it ends. So that's pretty dark. <laughs> that's cool. You like it? Yeah, that sounds cool. You'd actually like the movie, I think. It's it's kind of outdated. It's very 90s-esque, but uh, I know the story's pretty strong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Storm of the century. <laughs> All right. Do we have any movies that we want to recommend our viewers? Oh, real quick, going back on the whole COVID-19 thing. You guys are all... Huh? What? The oh, coronavirus? Yes. Oh, right. I was going to say, all you other minorities that are bullying Asian people, oh my gosh, you guys are... You guys are honestly just fucking garbage. Oh my gosh. Minorities that aren't Asian people? So yeah, other minorities. So I've been seeing more and more of like other minorities like picking on uh, Asian people because of the virus or whatever, for whatever reason. And the more I'm watching it, the more I'm like... I kind of hope you die in a fire. <laughs> And right now, like, okay, so I was, you know how I was about to go to that Warriors game today, right? Yeah. What crossed my mind was, I would have to take BART public transit back at around 10, 11 p.m. by myself. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, what could happen? Because there's been, like, more and more hate crimes, at least being documented, at the very least. And it's just seeing that, and I'm like, man... Probably should have gone and bought some mace, or um, wish I had my concealed carry permit. Yeah, but I don't have one. And it's so, scary. No, it is. And so, like the other day, I don't know how valid this is, but apparently, a uh, person in San Jose got called chink on their right uh, on the receipt from Popeyes. Hmm. The person went to try to dispute it, and head office of Popeyes basically just ignored them. Wow. And so it's like more and more of this that I'm seeing, and I'm just like... Are you proud of me for having never eaten Popeyes? <laughs> Before or after? Because I kind of enjoy Popeyes, but now it's just like... Well, I guess everyone's just a racist cunt. <laughs> and the thing is that a lot of these are like also come from other minorities, and at the end of the day, it's just like... Huh. Yeah. There was a video... It, it's making me hate you more and more. There was a video I remember like two years ago of uh, crazy old white dude on Bart like looks schizophrenic and like he's homeless and he's literally like wagging his finger and like shaking his hand in an Asian dude's face and the Asian dude is just like open eyed like what the fuck is going on like what is this guy doing and the guy's like really getting aggressive with him just for no reason and then at one point the Asian dude like stands up and like tries to like kind of like he's had enough of it and then people kind of like try to stop the fight from going on but uh yeah that's one video I can think of just right off the bat where I saw that and no, I, I do recall that video. And I oh, you saw it? Yeah, I saw it. I've seen it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it just makes me kind of more angry that... Why are you stopping the Asian guy? Yeah. Why do you stop the other guy? Or, and seeing more and more bystander mentality... Yeah. And I'm just sitting there thinking, wow. This is it, huh? Yeah. I haven't really ever been in a situation like that. It's weird. It's so weird seeing it on BART because, you know, BART is so goddamn distinct in the worst way because of how shitty and just worn down it looks... And then, I don't know, I mean, I've seen weird shit on Bart, but I've never seen, like, that. Like, the closest thing I can think is, uh, well, this is a side story, but one time there was a dude who just looked schizophrenic and crazy, and, like, he, uh, was, like, he was was on one of those, like, handicap seats, you know, that they have open, and he was, like, slamming on the thing really loud, and he had a girlfriend with him, she looked crazy, too. (laughs) <laughs> and she, uh, he was just, like, slamming on, like, the rail, like, super loud, and it was getting really obnoxious, and then, at one point, he stood up, and then the train, you know, the train, like, stopped and moved forward, and he lost his balance, and then he kept accusing, like, this one guy, um, it wasn't Asian, by the way, <laughs> he was white, he kept accusing, uh, um, this white dude of just, like, pushing him, and that was the reason he lost his balance, and then he, uh, like, wouldn't get out of the dude's face, and then he spit on the dude's feet, and then, like, everyone was, like, trying to, like, stop him and stuff, and then at one point, we were at Bayfair, so everybody's just kind of unanimously, collectively, like, fuck this guy, so what they did is they all, like, held him up and, like, picked him off and took him out of the train, <laughs> and he was on the ground, like, on the Bayfair station, and then, nice. and then the police came by, and they saw him, and you would think, like, the police would have a problem with the guys kicking him out, because, like, you know, you're part of a fight or anything, mm-hmm. but it was hilarious, the cops literally jumped in, they're like, does anyone want to file a complaint about this guy? And everyone's like, no. And he's like, okay. And then the train just like closed the doors and went away. <laughs> so, Bayfair yeah. for you. <laughs> Good Was times. it Bayfair or Bayview? Uh, Bayfair. Bayfair for you. Yep. That's all I can say. Yep. But yeah, here we are. Good times on Bart.
It's funny. I, I haven't taken it for like, I don't know, three, four months. <laughs> I took it last week for the first time and there's like already right off the bat a delay. It's like, dude, I haven't missed nothing. <laughs> this is every goddamn day on board. Oh, you don't miss bar at all? Not any sense of it? Not any sense of, like, the word? I mean, taking a free shuttle to work every day, not so much. <laughs> oh, well, okay, you pampered little prince. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll go with it, pampered princess. I'll take it. I'll wear the crown. All right, whatever. You do you. <laughs> you do you. Yeah, I know, but that's just kind of, like, what I've been seeing on the news, and it's just been really bothersome, seeing of, like, all right, here we are. So great. Any optimistic words for the podcast? What do you think we're going to do to change a job? What's what's going to happen? What can we do, the everyday people? Honestly, I don't know. Just stop being a dick. That's all I can say. Yeah, exactly. That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, have you ever had a friend that, like, you thought was, like, pretty nice and empathetic who, like, has done this kind of behavior? Like? Like, somebody you were close with who, like, Ended up having, like, these attitudes that you, like, disagreed with strongly? Uh, in terms of attitudes, probably, sure. Mm. But in terms of somebody actually doing, like, what I said, I don't know. Probably not. This is my way of revealing, Ja, a secret to you. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have anything to reveal. I really just don't know how to end the podcast on. I was trying to... I thought there'd be a thought-provoking question there on, uh, sometimes... Um, sometimes, I don't know what I'm trying to say, Joe. <laughs> okay, anyways, I think it's a good time to end the podcast here. Thank you for listening. I think we went like an hour and a half or something. Yeah, this was supposed to be a short episode. So when we don't have a topic, we go longer. That's what we've learned. Anyways. All right. Good night. We'll be excited for our next episode. It'll be pretty epic. All right, take care. Bye.